uh, invoking the name of uh, Avalokiteshvara, the Bodhisattva of uh, compassion. And we are all invited to uh, to uh, practice uh, listening. Um, the practice is to generate the energy of mindfulness. The collective energy of mindfulness will be uh, penetrating in each one of us. And if you know how to uh, stay in a mood of uh, non-thinking, just uh, bringing our attention to the um, in-breath and out-breath, and allow the collective uh, energy of mindfulness to penetrate in our body and into our mind that will bring uh, um, peace and well-being into ourselves. If uh, you have uh, some uh, tension in your body, if you have some pain in your body, the uh, energy of mindfulness will be able to uh, calm it down, remove it. And we, we don't have to do anything, you just allow the uh, energy to penetrate into our body, uh, practicing non-thinking, just uh, paying attention to our breath, in-breath and out-breath. If uh, you have uh, some uh, blocks of pain and sorrow and conflict in your heart, you may allow the energy to penetrate and hold it, hold them tenderly, so that uh, you obtain a relief, transformation. And if uh, you have uh, someone close to you who actually suffers and who cannot come tonight, you may like to send this energy to him or to her just by thinking of him, thinking of her, or calling his or her name, and the energy will be transmitted uh, to that person. Avalokiteshvara is the person who has uh, the capacity of listening deeply and with compassion. When you know how to listen deeply with compassion, you can help um, relieve the suffering of uh, the one who is uh, sitting in front of you. And Avalokita is uh, very... Uh, um, strong in that practice. And listening with compassion, with all your heart, not only can uh, relieve the suffering in that person, but uh, can also establish uh, communication. A reconciliation would not be possible without uh, 
communication. So the practice of listening deeply and with compassion is a very important tool for for the practice, for the for the act of uh, understanding and uh, reconciliation. So let us enjoy uh, the chanting, and uh, each of us is invited to uh, to bring our attention to our in breath and our breath and remain in the non-thinking mood. Just enjoy your in-breath and out-breath and allow the collective energy to penetrate into our body and into our mind.
conditions of the Bodhisattva path. May all living beings with praise and ease fulfill the Bodhisattva stages. The countenance of the one
<coughs> we want to make sure that you uh, you hear you hear us. If you hear me well, please raise your hand. Thank you. Let us enjoy uh, our in-breath and our breath with the sound of the bell. Brother Fapsa will be the bell master tonight. Breathing in, I'm aware that I'm alive, still alive. Breathing out, I smile to life in myself and around me. Good evening, uh, dear friends. Uh, I would like to speak a little bit about um, walking. In Plombelage in France, where we live and practice, walking is one of our basic uh, practice. Anytime we need to move uh, from one place to another place, no matter how long the distance is, we always uh, practice uh, mindful walking. We practice so that we may be aware of every step we make. And we don't want to lose any step. And uh, Every day we have one uh, session of walking meditation together. Everyone in the community join the walking, join the walk. But uh, throughout the day, uh, if you need to move from one place to another, you always uh, uh, practice uh, mindful walking. From, uh, from, uh, from your place to the meditation hall, you practice uh, mindful walking. 
from uh, your place to the kitchen, you practice uh, mindful walking. Even if you have to uh, to uh, to um, move uh, only for a few meters, you also apply the techniques of mindful walking. And we we always try to combine our breath, our in breath, our breath with uh, our steps. And uh, we pay attention not only to our in breath and our out breath, but we pay attention to our steps. We become aware of the contact between our feet and the ground. In uh, summer, many thousands of uh, friends come to Plum Village from many countries, at least 40 countries every, every summer. And we all practice walking meditation. Many thousand people, and yet uh, everyone enjoys the practice of walking, mindfully. While you walk, you enjoy every step. And every step can be peace. If you know how to uh, bring your, mm, your mind into uh, your in-breath, out-breath, your step, you'll be able to be yourself all the time. and uh, do not come, become uh, a victim of uh, destruction. Because our mind has a tendency to, to think of this and that. We lose ourselves in the past, we lose ourselves in the future, we lose ourselves in our projects, in our anger, in our worries. There is the association of ideas, and um, there are blocks of suffering that are there in the depth of our consciousness. And our mind becomes a current, a kind of river, uh, flowing always. And uh, that, that river carries us away. And we are not capable of being there in order to live deeply every moment of our daily life. So practice mindful walking is a very easy and effective way to learn how to live deeply every moment of your daily life. The children also are capable of walking mindfully and they are very happy to join adults in uh, walking meditation sessions. Sometimes uh, we walk, more than 1,000 people walk together, and the energy is very powerful. When you bring your attention to your in-breath and out-breath and walk mindfully, You join the community 
and you walk like a, an organism, you lose yourself. You are transported by the collective uh, energy of the community. And, uh, and the collective energy of the community help uh, embrace you, even if you have uh, blocks of uh, pain and sorrow. Uh, the community, the energy, the, the collective energy of the community will help embrace that, and you feel much better, easier. And that, we, that is what we call uh, taking refuge in the Sangha. The Sangha is a community of practice. We have uh, experienced the practice of uh, mindful breathing together tonight. Every time, uh, the, uh, every time the bell master is about to invite uh, the bell to sound, we don't say hitting the bell, or striking the bell, we say, invite the bell to sound. And then he or she would uh, will make a half sound first in order to, to announce to you that a full sound of the bell is going to be heard. Brother Fapsa, please uh, try a half sound. That is the half sound. It announces a full sound is coming. And everyone in the community uh, is aware of that. And if there is a thinking, the thinking will be stopped. If there is talking, the talking is also stopped. Because everyone in the community is preparing to receive the full sound of the bell and enjoy breathing in and out. So first there is uh, the contact between us and the sound. It is an invitation for, for the cells of our body to, to prepare. And suddenly in, in, a, in a hall of uh, 1,000 people, 2,000 people, the thinking stops at the same time. And everyone is uh, going back to his or her in-breath and out-breath. And the collective energy of mindfulness uh, begins to be generated. It's very powerful, and you are transported by that collective energy. Suddenly, you lose your individuality. You behave like, a, like one organism. And you stay in phase during the whole time of practice. And that energy, collective energy, is very healing, is very transforming. The cells in our body, they know how to do it. The neurons and other cells in our body, they know how to do it. They communicate with each other very well, very quickly also. And they come into phase 
and they behave like one organism and not uh, individuals. And walking meditation is a practice where uh, when we can uh, behave like uh, just one organism, even if we are 1,000 or 2,000, very peaceful, very powerful, very transforming, very healing at the same time. And the children feel that energy, and they receive, they are capable of receiving that energy. In Plum Village, we have a very uh, simple um, exercise of walking. When you breathe in, you may say, I have arrived. And you make a step, I have arrived. And when you breathe out, you make a, another step, and you say, I am home. I have arrived. I am home. Everyone coming to Plum Village is offered the instructions how to enjoy walking alone and with the community. If you walk alone, you may like to try um, slow walking. Breathing in, you only make one step, and you say, I have arrived. And you say silently inside, I have arrived. You touch the earth deeply. You touch the ground deeply with your foot. And you feel the contact between your foot and the ground. You are mindful of the contact. And uh, you walk in such a way that you can truly arrive. Arrive where? Arrive in the here and the now. Because according to the teaching and the practice, life is available only in the here and the now. So with one in-breath, you touch the earth, the ground with your one, one uh, foot, and you say, I have arrived. This is not uh, really a declaration. This is a practice. And if you have arrived, you know it. To arrive means that you are well established in the present moment, in the here and the now. Because there is always a tendency to, to, to pull you back to the past, or to pull you away to the future. And you have to resist in order to be able to be established in the here and the now. So when I breathe in and I say, I have arrived, it means I don't want to run anymore. This is, that is a resistance. You want to be yourself. You want to be established truly in the here and in the now. I have arrived. And when you breathe out, you make another step and you say, I am home. 
my true home is in the here and the now. My true home is where life is. Because life is available only in the here and the now. And we have an appointment with life in the present moment. And if uh, we miss the present moment, we miss our appointment with life, which is very serious. And therefore the practice, the basic practice, is to always go home to the here and the now, in order for you, in order for me, in order for us, to touch life. Life is to be touched. Life is to be lived. I have arrived. I am home. I don't want to run anymore. I have run all my life. And in my previous life, I have have always, I have uh, also run a lot. So now with uh, the awareness that life is available only in the here and the now, I want to learn how to live deeply every moment of my daily life. I have arrived. I am home. If you are alone, you might practice very deeply these two uh, sentences. Breathe in, and with your left foot, you make one step, and you say, I have arrived. And if you have not truly arrived, don't make the second step. Keep your foot in that position until you truly arrive. And then you will breathe out and you make another step. I am home. I have arrived. I am home. In the beginning, there should be something like a resistance to run, to run whether toward the past or to the future. And the running has become a habit. And we have to deal with that habit in us, always running. It is that habit energy that pushes us to do things, to say things, and to suffer. And that habit energy may have been transmitted to us by our ancestors, by our parents, the habit of running, and also our environment. Everyone has the capacity of walking like a free person and enjoy every moment of his or her life. But the walking, that kind of joy and freedom does not last long because the habit energy that is very deeply sitting in us always tries to push us to run, to do this, to do that, to look for this and to look for that. It seems that we uh, have a tendency to believe that happiness is not possible in the here and the now. We do not have enough conditions in order to be happy in the here and the now. It seems that uh, we have that kind of uh, belief. That is why we are trying to get uh, 
That is why we tend to think that there are a few conditions of happiness that we have to get. And we are going to get them in the future. That is why we keep running. And therefore, the practice is to learn how to remember that uh, we have uh, enough conditions for happiness right in the here and the now. I have uh, eyes still in good condition. I only need to open my eyes in order to see the face of my beloved one, to see the flowers, to see the beautiful sky, and so on. That is one basic condition of happiness. My heart functions normally. That is a basic condition of happiness. There are those of us who do not have such a heart. And there their deepest wish is to have a heart, a normal heart like ours. We can breathe in and out freely, and our feet are strong enough to enjoy walking. There are so many conditions for happiness that are available, and yet we still believe that uh, we don't have enough conditions to be happy, and we run, we try to run into the future and to get some more. So one page is not enough for you to write down all the conditions of happiness that you have. You use the other side of the paper, and you can fill it up also, and you need another sheet of paper. We have more conditions for happiness than we need. The French has, uh, have uh, a song. Uh, Qu'est-ce qu'on attend pour être heureux? What do we need? What do we wait in order to be happy? In fact, conditions for our happiness are already there, plenty, more than enough for us to be happy. To believe that we don't have enough of them, to believe that we have to go into the future and uh, get some more of them is a kind of uh, superstition. And that is why walking meditation is uh, a very simple and effective way to learn how to enjoy the here and the now, life in the here and the now. Those of us who have a certain degree of freedom, we can enjoy walking in the kingdom of God every day, in the pure land of the Buddha every day. You walk in such a way that you touch the kingdom of God with each step. That you can touch the pure land of the Buddha each step. And this is not something too difficult. If you can bring, if, if you can establish ourselves firmly in the here and the now, and then making one step 
we can already enter the kingdom of God. Because uh, walking like that, breathing like that, we touch many wonders of life that are available in us and around us. The fact that I am alive, that you are alive, is already a miracle. And establishing ourselves in the here and the now, we can touch that miracle. There is a Zen teacher, very famous, uh, Rinji Rinzai. He said that uh, the miracle is not to walk on, uh, on water, on burning charcoal. The miracle is to walk on earth. And we all can perform that miracle of walking on earth. We walk like a free person. That freedom allows us to touch the wonders of life that are available in the here and the now. And walking in the kingdom of God, walking in the pure land of Buddha is my daily practice. It's very healing, it's very nourishing, very transforming. And each of us can afford uh, time in order to work like that. Brother Fapsa, invite the bear for us to breathe. Uh, mindful breathing in and out we generate a kind of energy called mindfulness mindfulness of breathing when we walk and if we are aware of every step we make that is mindfulness of walking when we drink some water, and if we drink mindfully, if we know that we are drinking some water, that is mindfulness of drinking. So mindfulness is always mindfulness of something, mindfulness of eating, of drinking, of driving, of walking, of breathing. And we can be mindful all day long, generating the energy of mindfulness. And if someone asks what is uh, mindfulness, we can say that mindfulness is the kind of energy that helps us to be truly in the here and the now, to be fully present in the here and the now, to be alive in the here and the now. And any one of us is capable of 
generating the energy of mindfulness. It is the, the energy of the Buddha. And since uh, we are all capable of generating that energy, we can be a Buddha. When we are mindful, we are very close to being a Buddha. We are a Buddha. We be a part-time Buddha. Because uh, one or two minutes after that, we will lose our mindfulness. And then with the practice, we become a Buddha again. When you practice walking with uh, a group of people, the collective energy of mindfulness will support you. And you enjoy more walking because everyone else is uh, also uh, mindful. Walking like that, not only you come in touch with uh, the wonders of life that are within yourself, but also you can touch the wonders of life around you. The trees, the flowers, the birds, the sky, the cloud, the river, they are all wonders of life. And if uh, we master the art of mindful walking, the kingdom of God will be available to us at every moment. The pure land of the Buddha is available to us at every moment. We do not have to die in order to enter the kingdom of God. In fact, we have to be very alive in order to do so. And to be alive means to be mindful. In our daily life, very often our body is here, but our mind is elsewhere. Our mind may be in the past or in the future, or it may be caught in our worries, our anger, our projects. So our mind and our body are not together. In a, we are in a state of uh, um, dispersion. And dispersion is forgetfulness. It is the opposite of mindfulness. The moment when we bring our attention to our in-breath and breathe in mindfully, <coughs> our mind goes back to our body very quickly. Or the moment when we make a mindful step, our mind goes back to our body. And when mind and body are together, we are there in the here and the now. We are established in the present moment. In that position, we can get in touch with the wonders of life. For me, the kingdom of God is available. The question that remains is whether you are available to the kingdom. 
And with the energy of mindfulness, you can make yourself available to the kingdom of God. And two years ago, I spoke uh, to a Christian audience in Germany. And uh, I said that uh, our spiritual leaders, our teachers in the church, in the temple, should um, offer us the kind of teaching and the practice that help us to live, to experience the kingdom of God on the pure land of the Buddha, in the here and the now. And if we, if we taste the joy, the happiness of the kingdom of God, we will not go and seek happiness elsewhere. Because a lot of young people, they are seeking happiness in the direction of wealth, fame, power, and sex. And many of them have destroyed themselves by running after these uh, objects of craving. In the Gospel, it is said that when you, you have discovered the treasure, the treasure, and then you only want to keep the treasure, you can sell everything else, you just keep the treasure. And the treasure is what? The treasure is the joy, the happiness, when you get that you get when you get in touch with the kingdom of God, with the pure land of the Buddha. And if uh, uh, our spiritual teachers offer us the kind of teaching that can help us uh, enjoy the kingdom of God, if they can embody the practice, the teaching, and then we will go back to the church. We have uh, left the church because uh, the church has not uh, provided us with the teaching and the practice that can bring us uh, relief and happiness and peace and joy. We need our teachers to give us the teaching and the practice so that we can enjoy the kingdom of God. Especially uh, the young generation. some degree of liberty, of freedom. We do not uh, talk about uh, political freedom. Here, we want to talk about the freedom vis-à-vis 
regarding our our anger, our violence, our fear, because we are not free from anger, from violence, from free from despair. And if there are difficulties for us to touch the wonders of life, the kingdom of God in the here and the now, because we still lack some freedom. And our teachers should show us how to handle the fear, the violence, the despair in us, so that we can embrace them and transform them. And after that, we will have enough uh, freedom in order to enjoy the wonders of life in the here and the now. Many young people kill themselves because they do not know how to handle the despair, the fear, the anger, the violence in them. In France, uh, about 35, 35 young people commit suicide every day. They don't know how to handle the suffering, the violence, the fear, the despair. And in countries like Japan, the rate of suicide among the young people is even higher than that. Maybe there are things that we can do in order to help these young people. If we know how to handle the fear, the anger, and the despair within, we'll be able to help these people. Peace should be cultivated in our daily life. Peace is possible while we breathe, while we walk, while we sit, while we drive, while we cook, while we wash the dishes. It is possible for us to sit peacefully, to walk peacefully, to drive peacefully, and to talk peacefully to someone else. And that needs some training. Suppose you sit in front of someone who is very uh, angry, who has a lot of violence, and who does not know how to express himself or herself uh, peacefully, and you want to help him or her. <coughs> if you have the capacity, uh, capacity of listening with compassion, you might help that person. In my tradition, we call it uh, compassionate listening. We can listen in such a way that give the other person a relief. We have to listen with all our heart. 
and we have to listen with all our attention and our uh, our compassion. Our Lokiteshvara is such a person. Such a person is capable of listening with compassion. And if we know how to listen to the other person for one hour like that, the other person will get a relief. The other person while speaking expressed a lot of, uh, of anger, of uh, bitterness, a lot of uh, judgment, blame, blaming, uh, accusation. If you do not have enough compassion, you cannot listen, you cannot listen to him or to her. In order to be able to listen to such a person, it's very useful that you know the art of mindful breathing. So you practice mindful breathing during the whole time of listening and nourish your feeling of compassion. I listen to him like this is only to give him a chance to suffer less. And if we can keep that uh, idea of uh, feeling of compassion alive, we'll be able to continue listening to him or to her, even if uh, his speech is full of uh, violence, wrong perceptions, hate, anger. That person has not uh, has not got a chance to learn the techniques of, uh, of uh, loving speech. Those of us who have been trained in loving speech uh, will be able to express ourselves in such a way that make it possible for the other person to listen. We have the right to tell everything in our heart to tell the truth without, with the condition that we do not blame, we do not uh, accuse, we do not judge. This is possible. The practice of, my, of, uh, of uh, compassionate listening and the practice of um, loving speech are very wonderful tools in order to re-establish communication. In the last 30 years, we have offered many uh, retreats of mindfulness everywhere in Europe, in Asia, in America, and countless um, 
many couples, father and son, mother and daughter, partner and partner, they have uh, trained themselves in uh, the techniques of uh, listening deeply, listening with uh, compassion and uh, loving speech, and they have been able to, many of them have uh, been able to restore communication and reconcile. These are very effective uh, tools for making peace. A number of years ago, we offer a retreat of mindfulness in north, uh, in uh, in the north of uh, Germany, the northern part of Germany. And uh, on the on the fifth day, um, we uh, suggest that uh, everyone in the retreat uh, practice uh, to reconcile with uh, the one uh, with the person that they have uh, they still have uh, difficulties with I said dear friends uh, please uh, please use uh, the tools that we have uh, uh, been given in the last uh, five days in order to do the work of, the, of uh, reconciliation. If uh, the person, the other person is here in the retreat, that will be easy because uh, he or she has also practiced five days. But if uh, the other person is not in the retreat, uh, you might like to use your telephone your portable telephone in order to practice reconciling with him or with her. You know that uh, in our mindfulness retreats, every day, every day we practice uh, mindful walking, mindful breathing, uh, deep relaxation. We learn how to embrace our fear, our anger, our violence. We learn to uh, water the positive uh, seeds in us. Every one of us has the, has the seed of uh, forgiveness, understanding, compassion, tolerance, joy. And with uh, a Dharma talk every day, with a Dharma discussion, with other practice, uh, we have a chance to allow these uh, positive uh, uh, elements in us to be touched, to be watered, and to grow. And that is why on the fifth day, everyone is capable of speaking mm, lovingly the practice of uh, love and speech. Everyone has learned the practice of listening with compassion, and that is why on the fifth day, everyone was uh, given the assignment to, uh, to do the work of reconciliation.
said, dear friend, you have uh, until midnight today in order to, to finish your work of reconciliation. Next morning, four uh, gentlemen came to me and reported that uh, last night, before midnight, using their portable telephone, they had been able to reconcile with their fathers. And one of them said that uh, before the retreat, he could, he could not believe that he could uh, speak to his father with that kind of language, loving speech. But because he had, he had uh, spent five days in the retreat, watering the seed of uh, compassion, understanding, and that is why on the fifth day, he was able to use that kind of speech we call uh, loving speech. And with love, loving speech, he owns, uh, we, we can also use uh, the uh, practice of uh, compassionate listening. Daddy, Daddy, I know that you have suffered quite a lot during the past many years. I did not help you, and uh, because of my uh, uh, lack of mindfulness, I have um, made it more difficult. I have made the situation worse. I could not help you, Daddy, but uh, I have made it worse. I did not want, Daddy, to make you suffer. That is because I, I was not mindful. I could not uh, hold my anger, my irritation, why I speak, or why I spoke, or acted. It's not my intention to make you suffer. Daddy, I, I want you to be happy. I don't want to continue the same kind of behavior, the same kind. I don't want to make the same mistake all over again. But please, Daddy, if you don't help me, I cannot do it all by myself. Please, Daddy, tell me what is in your heart. I have made uh, mistakes. I have said wrong things. I have reacted in a wrong way that make you suffer. I'm sorry. I don't want to repeat that. But Daddy, you should help me. Tell me what is in your heart. Because I want to understand in order to make mistakes again. And that is a kind of uh, loving speech that we can use. The father can talk to his son or his daughter like that. The husband can talk to his wife and uh, like that. And that is what we call uh, the practice of love and speech.
it may be uh, that you that uh, people have not been able to use that kind of language for a long time. Now, as they are capable of uh, doing so, or the other person will feel uh, that it is possible that uh, he or she will tell us about uh, his or her own suffering. And uh, the door of his heart may begin to open. And now it is time for us to practice uh, listening deeply with uh, compassion. And as you know, even if uh, there is a bitterness, blames, judgment in uh, in uh, the other in the other person's speech, but with uh, compassion, understanding in our heart, we shall be able to continue listening to him or to her. And reconciliation will be possible after a few uh, sessions of uh, listening deeply. Of course, we can see a lot of uh, wrong perceptions we can notice a lot of uh, wrong perceptions in the other person's speech. But we are not in a hurry to correct him or her. We know that, uh, we tell ourselves that uh, there's still a lot of time in the future. I will find ways in order to bring him or her information that will help him or her to correct uh, their wrong perceptions. And according to our our experiences. We should not give too much uh, information at one time. We should release uh, information little by little so the other person uh, may is capable to receive them. And uh, with love and speech, we can provide them with uh, the kind of information that help him or her to correct their perceptions. And with uh, the removal of wrong perceptions, brotherhood, sisterhood, love can be restored. We do have uh, wrong perceptions concerning ourselves. And we have wrong perceptions concerning the other person. And wrong perceptions are the foundation of fear, anger, and violence. So in order to remove anger and fear and violence, we should be able to help remove wrong perceptions. And with the practice of listening deeply, we might recognize our wrong perceptions. And with the practice of uh, love and speech, we can help the other person to remove his or her wrong perceptions. 
this practice is effective on the level of individuals. This practice is also effective on the level of groups of people. In fact, in Plum Village, we have invited many groups of Palestinians and Israelis to come and practice with us. And we always offer them the practice of holding the pain, the sorrow, the fear, the hate. And then after that, we we uh, offer them the practice of mindful breathing, um, uh, uh, the practice of uh, deep listening, compassionate listening, and love and speech. And it always works. In the beginning, they could not look at each other. They were f full of uh, suspicion and hate and fear. But finally, with the wrong perception removed, they could come together and share a meal and practice working together. So the practice is effective as far as uh, groups are concerned. And I believe that on the, on the level of nations, it can also be effective. Instead of using bombs and guns, our political leaders should learn how to use uh, love and speech and deep listening. Because suffering is there not only on one side, but also on the other side. It is possible for us to help each other to remove wrong perceptions, and with wrong perceptions remove peace, become possible. The young people who are ready to blow themselves up with a bomb. There are many reasons for that. And I think that the, uh, the first cause the main cause is uh, the violence, the anger, the hate is so, so important in them. And to die for them is, is much easier than to live. I tell myself that when I meet such a young person, I should try my best in order to help him or her to suffer less. I don't want to blame them. It's impossible for them to live because there's so much violence and hate and despair in them. And so far, not, not many people have tried to help them to suffer less. They don't know how to hold the violence, the fear and the despair in them in order to transform. And so far, their parents have not been able to help them. And their teachers, their educators have not been able to, to help them. And they may believe that after they died for a cause, they may go to paradise, to the kingdom of God right away. But they should be given the teaching that the kingdom of God is available here and now while you are still alive. You don't need to die in order to go there.
and in order to enjoy the kingdom of God, you should know how to hold your pain, your anger, your sorrow tenderly with the energy of mindfulness so that you can transform them little by little. And with the community of practice, the practice of transforming the anger, the fear, and the despair will be much easier. I don't want to talk um, much longer. Please, if you have a few questions to ask, I'll be ready to, to respond. Thank you for listening. If we have enough uh, freshness, uh, if uh, our presence to that person is uh, uh, pleasant and fresh, and then that person will like to be with us uh, longer, and we have a chance in order to, to communicate. And of course, uh, if you know how to listen deeply, and then that would be uh, helpful for that person to empty his heart to you. I think uh, time is for that. Time is for listening to each other. Because if you, then you don't know how to listen to each other, you cannot love each other. And uh, to love your students, you should find the time to, to listen to them. Uh, I think uh, this is uh, my, uh, my message to uh, school teachers also, because uh, at, at, uh, at the school we should arrange so that uh, there are uh, uh, communication between teachers and, uh, and students. Many, uh, many uh, students uh, do not have a chance in the family to be listened to by their parents, and the teacher can now play the role of a parent in order to listen to their students. And by doing so, um, they make uh, the, the, the students uh, suffer less. Listen deeply is possible. And I have noticed that anger um, 
when I go deep into it, it has a very good energy. And um, so, could you explain a little bit about this? Anger is uh, energy. But when you are angry, you are not uh, lucid enough in order to know what to do and what not to do. Um, compassion is also energy. But the energy of compassion keeps you lucid, not the, not the energy of anger. And um, of course I recognize that uh, anger can provide energy. But that energy is also dangerous because where, while you are possessed by anger, you are not as lucid as you want to be. Thank you. I have uh, I have written uh, quite a lot about uh, loving loving speech a little bit uh, in each book, but I don't remember um, uh, which book uh, to recommend to you. Uh, maybe every book has some of, of it. Um, When you get angry at someone, and if uh, you don't want to suffer uh, much, you may you uh, you may like to uh, to write him or her a note, and you say, uh, "Darling, I suffer, and I want you to know it." Whether that is your parent or your friend or your partner. Uh, I have written a book on anger. And many friends have used that book in order to practice, in order to, uh, to, uh, to transform their anger. And uh, the practice of love and speech is very important. So uh, the first sentence you may like to write him or her is, uh, that you suffer, that you want him or her to know about it. And the second sentence uh, you write is, uh, I, am, I am doing my best to take care of my anger, because there is a practice so that you can embrace your anger and transform it. Uh, the practice of mindful breathing, mindful walking, holding your anger with tenderness is very wonderful uh, practice. And then the third, uh, 
the third uh, sentence that you might like to write him or her is that, darling, please help me. Because uh, maybe I don't succeed uh, in a short time. And since you don't want me to suffer very long, please help me. And that, that is an invitation for the other person to join into the practice, looking deeply whether what he has said, what she has said or done uh, is wrong, that has made you uh, suffer. The many ways of uh, practicing and uh, loving speech is one of them. Uh, listening with compassion is also I think I can recommend you the, uh, the book Anger. Je souris à l'étoile qui au ciel encore lui. Au soleil qui lentement nous sort de la nuit, à ce jour qui commence, à l'oiseau qui m'enchante, je souris au monde et le monde me sourit. Je souris à l'enfant qui vient sur mon chemin, je pense aussi à tous ceux qui ont faim. Ceux qui loin dans ce monde vivent dans la misère, qui ont connu la guerre, qui ont perdu leur mère. Si parfois mon sourire se mouille de pleurs, en voyant de ce monde la profonde de douleur, je veux sourire encore. À travers mes pleurs, sourire à la vie, sourire à la mort. Et un jour viendra où il fera très froid, où je ne laisserai plus la trace de mes pas. Pas le courant de la vie qui jamais ne s'arrête. Me laisserai-je entraîner sans regarder derrière La peur alors ne fermera plus le chemin Mon cœur tout grand s'ouvrira enfin Je deviendrai alors le sourire de la terre, de la fleur de l'oiseau, de la pluie et du vent. Et un jour peut-être, dans un tout petit enfant, je rouvrirai les yeux aux merveilles de la vie. Et un peu plus souriant, un peu plus aimant, je continuerai ce I smile to the star that still shine in the sky, to the sun that slowly guides us out of the night, to the day that begins 
to the enchanting burden I smile to the worm and the world smiles to me I smile to the child that crosses my way I remember on so on those who are hungry those who live in misery all over the planet who have to face the war who lost their mother if sometime my smile is moistened by tears when i see the great pain that spreads over the world i shall still be smiling with tears in my eyes smiling to life smiling to death and one day will come when it is bitterly cold when even my footstep will not leave any mark the never ending the never ending current of life's energy will carry me along and i will not look back the fear will no longer block my way my heart finally opens very wide then i will become the smile of the earth of the flower of the rain of the sun and the wind and one day spirits in a very small child i will open my eyes to the wonders of life and the little more loving and the little more smiling i will continue this wonderful way I smile to the star that still shine in the sky to the sun that slowly guides us out of the night to the day that begins to the enchanting burden I smile to the worm and the world smiles to me I smile to the child that crosses my way I remember on so on those who are hungry those who live in misery all over the planet